Great. Well, welcome everybody to our next episode of the Live Youth Podcast. And we are in our series at the moment talking about the fivefold ministry. We are joined by Dan Hargreaves this morning. Dan, hello. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, Dream Team. You team, how are you? We are good from the Hargreaves household. Good stuff. Yeah, we're doing well, aren't we, Matt? Yeah, doing really well. Doing really well. I don't know what ta- when, what week this is going out on, but last night, here we go. Last night, I got to watch Liverpool lift the trophy after beating Chelsea. So it's, wherever you're listening to this, just think about that and remember me being really happy and Nick being really sad in that moment. Yeah, thanks. And I bet you were exercising the gift of humility, Mr. Matthew Loves, weren't you? And not rubbing yeah. it in Nick's face, being a Chelsea fan. No, I'm going to dob him in. He wasn't at all. <laughs> so I was actually late for the game because I'd been um, with some staff because it was the last day of school as well. And um, I knew that Nick and Alex were in the house as I arrived and Liverpool had just right. scored. I was listening to it on the radio. So I connected to my Alexa from outside and started playing Ale 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 <laughs> as I walked in. Really <laughs> loudly. <laughs> um, yeah. I love it. Yeah, very, very humble. And um, yeah, great. Not <laughs> one bit. <laughs> no, how are you feeling about Brighton at the moment, Dan? Mate, I'm feeling over the moon. We're going to stay in the Premiership for another year. You know, we finished just below the bottom three for the last two years. <laughs> I only feel it's going to be progression, but the Brighton manager looks like he's a new style of manager. Um, so it looks quite exciting. We're playing great football, which is always good. So, uh, you know, Brighton is Brighton, but... Europe next year. You know me, I'm ultra positive. So I am feeling a couple of new signings and we could be in Europe for next year, challenging the mighty Chelsea and Liverpool, which I know are close to your heart. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Bible does say seek and you shall find. Yeah, you've got a big faith, Ch- childlike faith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are excluding all the young people who don't like football yeah, here. Sorry, 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 this is the youth podcast. Right. <laughs> um, well, um, Dan, tell us about um, your summer. How, how have you been? Um, how's it going so far? What are you looking forward to? That kind of stuff. Well, I feel it's like 20 emotions in one day, isn't it? So you have (laughs) various bits. Obviously, I've been working full-time, which I love. My job is just the best. I love being part of the Alive Church team, pastoring Alive Highcombe, which is just brilliant. And uh, for us, it's been fun, I guess. We've had two boys who have not been in school. They can't go to school. Joe's been furloughed, but then doing a bit of work. So we've been balancing homeschooling with some work. We've been off for lots of adventures. So I tend to... Be a bit flexible at work, work in the morning, take the boys out for a couple of hours in the afternoon and then do some work in the evening and connecting with people. So we've had loads of fun. We found tyre swings. We found lakes. We found uh, Smith learned to ride his bike. So that's just been brilliant. We've been around the sailing lake in Highcombe. And I think we just discovered loads of fun places for the family. But I'm not going to lie to you, the last six weeks have been a bit more challenging. I think the lads could do with going back to school. We've exhausted every adventure in the whole of Lincolnshire, I think, over lockdown. But we're going away next week for a week down in Dorset. Our friends have got some house, so we're doing a house swap. So we're looking forward to that. And, um, you know, it's been great the last few weeks getting to see more people from church, visits. We've been doing a bit of gardening. Uh, for people who have been isolated and that's been really good fun so serving the community but yeah it's been good it's brilliant when the sun's out isn't it because it's like yeah. very exciting uh, yeah. but we've had a great summer thanks guys 
Good, good. And um, the last time I saw you properly, I think, um, Matt and I came round to your back garden. We had, had a little fire pit. And um, yes. you, had, you had two little guinea pigs. How are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> the guinea pigs, Wally and Tiger Stripes, are the most nervous guinea pigs you will ever meet. What Nick and Matt are not telling you that is when they came for the fire pit a couple of weeks ago, it took us about three minutes, no, five minutes to try and get these guinea pigs. My wonderful wife, Joanna Hargreaves, was filming us. She said it was like a Laurel and Hardy sketch. Yeah. <laughs> that would mean nothing to young people, but you know, we were chasing around and just could not get these guinea pigs. But they're doing all right. We've got a run for them outside now. So they're stretching their legs, mate. And uh, yeah, they're guinea pigs, aren't they? They're quite cute, but you know, we tried a dog, but obviously Smith was allergic to the dog Rocco. So he only lasted four days and uh, we gave him away. So we've had Rocco, part one, he went, and now we're on Wally after David Walliams, Hudson likes the Walliams book, and Tiger Stripe, because he's basically a guinea pig that looks like a tiger, <laughs> which I always think is funny, isn't it? Because like some, it's like, it's like, uh, dogs. I never see a dog as a, a female. I don't know about you, but then I never see a cat as a male. So, like, <laughs> maybe that's just my weird mind. When I see a dog, I'm always like, oh, that's such a cute dog. What's his name? When I see a cat, I'm always like, oh, what's her name? So, I don't know why that's in my mind. <laughs> but anyway, well, we got off topic. But <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Rocco. Rocco, yeah, Rocco. I remember Rocco. So I, I remember asking you about him. Oh, mate, I saw, I saw on Facebook you had a dog. And yeah. then you're like, oh, mate, yeah, don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, back in the, back in the early days <laughs> of our Greece marriage, you had, uh, you had a little cat as well, or a big cat. <laughs> Moses. Moses. Yeah, we had Moses the cat, mate, which uh, was very fun. It died the week of the bank event. We can remember doing that. I was absolutely <laughs> demoed. I never wanted this cat. And then Joe was like, oh, let's get a cat, let's get a cat. So we went to a cat sanctuary. Never do it. Lads, never go with a female to a cat sanctuary. They will make sure that you get the cat. Never wanted to do it. Anyway, Joe was ill on the day he went to pick up the cat. So I picked up Moses. Mate, it was like instant bonding with Moses. Me and Moses became so touch-tight. It was awesome. He used to run away quite a bit and go, and a student would then phone me going, We've got your cat. He's eating all the milk. And I'm like, no, don't feed him milk. He always pukes it up. So we had Moses. He was, he was a good cat. And, uh, yeah, we've, had, we've tried a few. But Rocco was great for four days, mate. Absolutely loved him. But now he's in new pastures with other dogs in bigger spaces. And Smith's allergic to dogs. So we cannot have a dog in the meantime. Oh, that is a shame. That is a shame. Matt's been... Um... This is proper... This is a proper pet episode, isn't it, by the way, lads? Yeah, it is. We're yeah. just talking pets. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the topic today. Yeah. You're about to say I've been trying to get a dog for ages, haven't you? Yeah, you've been trying for Sorry Casey for a while to get a dog, but no luck as of yet. So if you pray, yeah. young people, then let's be praying for Matthew. Well, to be fair, I did, I did mention to, before, obviously, the Cherish Conference last year, um, I did... Uh, me and Joe were joking about it. I said, Joe, can you, um, can you prophesy over Katie at Cherish and tell her that she needs to get a dog? And Joe was all over it. <laughs> but Katie wasn't convinced. She said she, she, just, she prayed about it. She was like, no, no, I don't feel that's for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's how prophecy works, really. But... <laughs> we're talking about that in some of these podcasts, aren't we? So we'll learn. Yeah, yeah you will. <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
Right, Daniel, um, we are um, looking at um, part of the fivefold ministry, um, and um, so we're getting our scripture from Ephesians 4. Just read a bit out for us so we can um, move on to a bit of um, conversation around um, one of those giftings today. Um, so yeah. Ephesians 4.11 says this, uh, so Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So um, this gives us a bit of a picture about um, what our role is um, as believers and, and people who lead others um, is to equip the body of Christ. Um, we want to kind of hone in on, on the evangelist, um, one of these gifts today. Um, could you just um, unpack um, for us like what is an evangelist um, and maybe is it for everyone? Does everybody have that gift um, or is it specific to, to uh, certain people? Yeah, just, just give us a bit of an overview for the evangelist, mate. Yeah, great. absolutely love that verse. That's so good. For me, evangelism is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Hmm. So for me, I've always been loved it i think i get a real sense of fulfillment when i'm sharing with my mates who don't know jesus about jesus i think the evangelist is someone who brings uh, the good news of jesus christ can preach a gospel in a fresh in a dynamic way that is always communicating particularly with people who don't know jesus christ i think it's something that can become really natural and um, it's interesting, this fivefold ministry, which I, I love, there'll be areas that you just warm to, won't there? There'll be some areas that you think, yeah, I really feel fulfilled. That's a gift that I feel that God has given me. But we all operate, I believe, with elements of the gifting in everything we do. But I do believe that we come alive in certain areas of these fivefold ministry. For me, I've always come alive when there's been opportunities to share my faith with people. You know, it just feels naturally, and I come alive when I'm doing that. For me, different elements, so for instance, uh, teaching, is something that I can do, but I need to work quite hard at that, and it's not a natural thing that I do, whereas my wife, Jo, and Matt is a phenomenal teacher. You know, you love that, don't you? You just come alive when you teach, and you're bringing out the Word of God to people to really understand. So for me, the evangelist is about communicating God's love for people in a fresh, dynamic way. Yeah, is that good. enough or do you want me to No, that's great. On? I think just well, from that then, I guess, what if, um, let's say I've done the five-fold ministry test and I, I didn't get um, the evangelist as one of my gifts. Does that, am I off the hook? Do I not need to evangelise now then? <laughs> uh, great question. No, I think we're, we're all called to do there'd be some something in the fivefold ministry that we really resonate with that will be a stronger gifting than others but i believe as people of god we have to take responsibility for the whole kingdom of god so i think for me as an evangelist i would say on the fivefold ministry when i've done the test that's the one that comes out top for me so my role is then to inspire others and to use that gift and they talk in timothy about fan into flames so I believe that my role is to stir up the evangelistic gift in others. So for people who, who uh, you know, within youth ministry, for instance, to say, right, stir up that gift, encourage people to do that. 
And there will be a lot of people who do draw to the evangelism. However, I think it's everybody's responsibility to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. So I think for my role as an evangelist, it's stir up, fan into flames, get people excited about telling their mates about God, mm. equip them. It talks about equipping the saints and everybody to take responsibility. So, for instance, teaching, you know, for me, I've still got a responsibility to teach people the word of God. So new Christians, people coming off Alpha, I'm a connect group leader. You know, there's still an element of teaching within that. But I'm not there kind of like front row teaching, but I still take responsibility for the teaching of that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, go on, mate. Were you going to carry on? No, that, we start there, mate. I know there's been lots of other things that would come out. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, off the back of that, how do we, um, like, what does that actually look like? So sharing our faith with someone, how can I, um, I know we've probably had this discussion before, but I think it's, um, it's probably changed a bit since we've last properly talked about it with our young people because of everything that's gone on. Um, how can we like practically share our faith with someone? How do we make that first step that engaging someone in good conversation? How do we, um, or do we just kind of sneak Jesus into the conversation? Um, what, what would you say are some good ways about actually going about that? Well, it's a great question. And we are all called, aren't we, to share the goodness of Jesus Christ. A great commissioning, therefore go and make disciples. I often talk about the therefore goes the desire. It's a drive to want to see the kingdom of God extended. People emphasize on make disciples is more the teaching and, you know, kind of training people uh, and then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. That's a supernatural element. So I always talk about it's a command from Jesus, therefore go. So there's always got to be a bit of a desire in us all. I love the Romans 12 verse that talks about um, take your everyday ordinary life and place it before God as worship to him. For me, that's having a mindset and an attitude of saying, God, this is your day. This is your season. I want to be available to be used by you. I think if every day you can go out with that attitude, it's amazing the opportunities that come along for you in your everyday ordinary life. Mm. So for instance, to give you an example, we've been doing these co-op drop-offs in uh, for hiking community, those who have been in isolation. And as we've D delivered these co-op people have been overwhelmed with the love of the church doing that and i'm not there going this is a church doing it we're doing this because we want you to believe in jesus christ although if i'm honest i do want an element of that but as we've served the community as we've loved the community opportunities arise as a result of that so this one lady turned around to me what why do you guys do this you know, and then there's an opportunity where we, you know, you can talk about the love of Jesus that God for people. We say we want to serve you. You know, we, 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 we love people. We believe that God loves people. and We want to represent and mirror that love that God's got for you. Mm. And then questions will arise. So this other lady who we've um, been connecting with, she then comes up to me and she goes, oh, do you know anyone who does gardening? And I'm like, we do it as a church. <laughs> so. Yeah. She had a horrendous garden and she was in real anxiety and worry. And it was really stressing her out. This garden was massively overgrown. And I'm like, we're the feet of hands and Jesus. So I said, we do it. So I've got a team of seven around there to clear out this garden. It was loads of fun in an afternoon. But yesterday she come out, she was in tears. She goes, I haven't experienced love like this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, 
You forget in our circumstances, we're around positivity love all the time. But for people who might not feel that, she's had no other friends alongside her. She's connected pretty much with only her mum and dad and me dropping off her co-op things. So we had an opportunity off the back of that. She started crying and then she started telling us about why she was isolated. She really suffers with asthma. So we had the opportunity to pray for her in the street, in her garden um, yesterday. And I think it's taken that everyday opportunity. Whatever you're doing, have an attitude. You say, I might be able to share about Jesus today. Now, we don't want to be really awkward in this and we go like into, into school and we go, you know, um, like someone asks you, how are you doing? You go, yeah, I'm doing really well. And have you heard about Jesus Christ? You know, it's, it's, I believe that an attitude and a natural flow of you and a love for Jesus, you will always get opportunities. I shared on Sunday morning for those who were able to connect, we were talking about an evangelistic church. And I know you're going to laugh here, but I do have a little hobby of delivering bouncy castles. Pretty much every time I deliver a bouncy castle, I pray and I say, God, here, I would love an opportunity to share about your goodness. And it's amazing if you go in that mindset and that attitude, the opportunities that you will get. In the Bible, Acts 3.12 says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. So as I deliver a castle, I'll often say like, oh yeah, this is my hobby. This is a bit of part-time extra work. And the natural question for them would be, oh, well, what do you do? And then it gives us an opportunity to go in there. But after you've built a bit of a friendship, a bit of a rapport to people. But I think it's a mindset. And I think people of God, we've got to always be looking for that opportunity. How can we bring God into it? Yeah. You know, and by serving people, it opens up the doors. By loving people, it opens up the doors. By living a godly life, it opens up the doors. People want to ask questions. Why you live that way? And I think that's what we can all take responsibility for. If we are loving Jesus, trying to change, doing the best, best for him we can, it, living a provocative life will open up questions and opportunities for us to share about Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, mate, that's You've so good. Hopefully this is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I love the fact that, um, like, for you, and I think this just paints a picture of who you are, Dan, it's all about love and like it comes from your own heart for God and that just overflows into whoever yeah. like it doesn't matter um, who that person is in front of you like you know that your role there is to show this person love to accept them to love them to care for them to um, serve them and I just love that and I think that's that's such a great way for us to share the gospel isn't it is, is to just yeah. do it yeah like it's not about yeah. talking about it all the time like you said being awkward in conversation yeah. and trying to engage that way all the time um but it's about just doing what what yeah. the bible says yeah it comes out it's that verse in john where he says that you'll they'll know you're my disciples by the way you love each other yeah uh, i'm just going out and loving so yeah that's great thanks so much dan well before we finish i'd love to ask you dan is there anywhere um, where you could point our young people to whether it's literature or internet stuff, social media books, uh, that will help them kind of understand what evangelism is, but also understand practically how better to do it, I guess, within their lives. Yeah, I think sometimes we make evangelism into this big thing and it becomes a, a, a bit of a like, oh, I feel the pressure to do it. There's never any pressure, okay? Yes, we are called to make disciples. We're called to tell people about God. There's always a sacrifice. So sometimes when you preach the word of God, it never comes back void. So we always have to step in that. And you will find it's contested. 
So, you know, when I did Energize, a lot of you know Energize, fantastic project, I often got convicted. We would do these amazing sports weeks for young people, get hundreds of people all over the estates. And I remember God saying, it's great doing the good works and it's right, but are you proclaiming Jesus Christ to people? And I think we've got to know as well as an evangelist that we, it's great doing the works, but we are also called to proclaim the gospel. That is what we're called to do. We've got to proclaim Jesus Christ died for people. Now that will be contested because some people and even unchurched will go, oh, it's brilliant what you do, say in an energized context. Great that you're reducing crime. It's great that you're doing sport, raising aspirations. That's all kingdom stuff. That's great. But I'm still there going, yeah, but I want more. Yeah. I don't want to just do great football matches or great street dance sessions or great whatever it is. I want them to know Jesus Christ loves them. Yeah. And I think we've, we, there's always contested when you do proclaim about the goodness of God. However, you don't want to get people know your agenda. So you can't go in there. You've got to be authentic. And this is where that what you were talking about, Nick, that having a revelation of Christ, falling in love with Jesus. It's a natural flow. Do you know, I come off the back of one event every year. I love it. I'm buzzing. I've connected with God. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm just like, I want to tell people about it. Matt at the moment wants to tell people that Liverpool have won the Premiership because he's living it, he's passionate, he's loving about it. Nick wants to tell people about his new barber. There's a good pub plug for Elliot's barber. <laughs> when you're doing something that you're fulfilling you and you're having revelation, you naturally want to share it. Yeah. So we've got to get natural revelation, fall in love with Jesus so that it spills out of us. And I've totally not answered the question. I'll point people in the direction. So, yes. There's, uh, <laughs> well, there's some fantastic stuff out there. I guess an inspiration for me has always been the Message Trust. The Message Trust send bands into schools. They do social action projects. Andy Hawthorne is just awesome. He is a real evangelist. Stir it up. Get out there. You've got to preach the gospel. So I think the Message Trust is great. They do some advanced courses. Um, they've got an advanced course for young people. So if you do really feel that God is calling you as an evangelist and it comes natural to you, as we said, I think everyone needs to take responsibility of sharing the good news with Jesus. But if, if it's really making you, you know, if it brings you alive, I often think with a five-fold ministry, what comes natural and easy to you? So for me, sharing my mates, I just love it. I've always been like that. Football change rooms, if I can share... You know, I always think if I can share about Jesus in football changing rooms, I come alive. And maybe if you're listening to this podcast and you feel the same in whatever world you're in, in your classroom, maybe one or two little conversations, I would encourage you to look at an advanced group. Um, the Message Trust do that. I would say connect with like-minded people. So I'd love to see out of a live youth you know, three or four of you getting together and saying, right, how can we better tell our mates about Jesus? And I think that gift will, will flare up. It's like if you've got a teaching gift, isn't it? You bring teachers around you. It's the way you're wired, you talk that way. And I think it's the same with evangelists. We need to get that fire, set that fire off and send the fire out. But we need to be telling the stories. Evangelism is about great storytelling. It's about having revelation from God and telling the stories in a way it doesn't feel awkward. It feels natural, but we don't water down the gospel. Yeah. So I'd point people in the way of the message. I'd love us as a life youth to continue to do some stuff and start listening to podcasts that are out there. Some fantastic stuff uh, with evangelists. Great stuff. 
Yeah, Dan, I totally agree with you. Like, Messrs Trust do so much great stuff. And, like, we've missed out on the higher tour this year, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, um, Which would have been incredible. But um, we can't wait to, um, to partner with those guys next year and see yeah. what God does. Um, Dan, we're going to wrap up there. Um, thanks so much for your input today, mate. It's been super, super helpful for us to just get our head around um, what an evangelist is um, and how we can do it better. Um, and um, for our young people listening, um, this week we've got Connect Groups coming up. Uh, we've got our stream on Friday on YouTube, and you can follow us and connect to us on our Instagram at We Are Alive Youth. And Matthew, <laughs> always coming to this at the end. We, we love, love you, you, and, and there's, there's nothing, nothing you can, can do about it. it. See you later. Right. <laughs> love it. <laughs>